Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell on this Friday, the 17th of September, 2021. Trust uh, wherever you are in the world, you've had a phenomenal week of sales and your leadership has gone to an entirely new level. And if you haven't taken advantage of the opportunities in front of you, at least you've started to plant some seeds for those opportunities that should you continue to nurture those and water those, they'll start to bear fruit over the next three to six months. So that is my wish for you. And in the process, hopefully you can uh, elevate your leadership to the exceptional sales leader level in the process as well. So this episode today, it's back off, off, off the back of a podcast I recorded a couple of days ago. Uh, and this was a podcast I talked about attitude and the power of attitude. And out walking this morning, I was listening to a phenomenal podcast by uh, Ku and Ray, and he was interviewing a guy called Dr. Adam Fraser. And they were talking about, uh, talking about high performance, but more to do with uh, the thinking and the attitude behind high performance and what it, what separates the exceptional performers, the high performers, the, I guess the elite in any uh, endeavor, whether it be uh, sport, business, uh, the arts, and in some cases, uh, the military, what separates the elite performers that are able to do and perform at an elite level over and over and over again and deliver consistent results? And a lot of it had to do with attitude and a lot of it had to do with thinking. So in today's episode, I wanted to explore this a little bit, but ask you a question off the top, and that is, are you aware of your own thinking? Now, it might sound like a really obvious question, because you might be sitting there thinking, of course I don't, what a stupid question. Of course I know what I'm aware of in terms of my thinking is. Well, do you actually ever stop to think about, okay, in this particular moment, what is it that I'm thinking? And is my thinking right now helping me, or is my thinking right now hindering me? Because here's the thing, if you watch most people, and if you look at most people today, uh, they are going through life almost unconsciously. And I mentioned this on a podcast last week that a lot of people live their lives through, uh, some would say quite desperation, but that's a line from a from a play, I think, somewhere, at, uh, or some, some line, some philosophers years ago. But most people go through life unconsciously, not really thinking about what they're doing. They just do it. And if you just have to look at, you know, when we could go back to the office, people tend to get in the same uh, get on the same bus or the same train or the same tram or get in the same car and drive the same way. So they go through the motions and not necessarily think consciously about what they are doing. And it does beg the question, what must be going on in their minds when they're doing this? And I suspect the answer to that question is probably not a lot. Now, I can't remember who it was, but I think it was, uh, it might have been, uh, I'm not sure it was Dale Carnegie or, um, no, it was Earl, Earl Nightingale. Earl Nightingale recorded a a series of audios, I think back in the 1950s, and one of them was called The Strangest Secret. And a core element of The Strangest Secret was all about the thinking that we actually have on a daily basis. And and a central core of his thesis was that most people don't consciously think. They just allow thoughts to come into their head. They don't necessarily capture them, and they allow those thoughts to escape straight away. So just think about your own day, your average day, uh, are you consciously aware of the thoughts that you have and the thinking that you're actually doing? So do you actually allocate time for conscious thought? Now, it is an interesting question. It's probably a silly question. You might be sitting there thinking, well, who actually does just think? Uh, well, there's a lot of successful people out there and there's been a lot of research done 
of successful people that separates them from their compatriots and all their peers and their competition that suggests that the ones that are more successful over a longer period of time allocate time specifically to think. Now, as you as you well know, if you listen to the podcast for a while, I'm an avid follower and admirer of John Maxwell, and he's written so many books on leadership that I, th- I don't think anybody's going to catch him because he's just he's just a, an amazing, amazing philosopher around leadership. And it's all practical stuff, but one of the things that he is really big on is thinking and allocating time in your diary for thinking. Now, he does this every single day. In fact, in his office at his home, he has what he calls the thinking chair. So he sits in that chair, and it's almost like a trigger that that is when he thinks. So when he gets into that chair, that's the thinking chair. That's when he starts to really think about what's been working well, what hasn't been working well, and starts to think about ideas that can then be either the seed of a new book, seed of a new program, or seed of something that can te- can be taught to his uh, his own enterprise, his own business, but also to the thousands of people that he, he works with on a daily, weekly basis. So thinking about this, and this is why, uh, certainly from a leadership point of view, I spend so much time with clients making sure that they develop the discipline around thinking and reflection every single week. This is why I suggest to them, take just half an hour, turn your phone off, turn all your distractions off, and just sit there and think and reflect and what the last week has actually brought to you in terms of good things, uh, and also what are some of the things that were challenging. And really analyze these things and really think about your thinking, uh, because it's it's recovery time. And interestingly, the, the work that Dr. Adam Fraser has done and the research he's done around this, around thinking and high performance is, this is what the elite performers do. They're able to compartmentalize. They're also able to make sure that they allocate enough time for recovery, and that they're not always in the doing zone. Now, logically, this makes sense because you hear any high-performance coach, any high-performance player, they talk so much now about the importance of recovery. So they will spend equal amounts of time, in fact, sometimes more time uh, in recovery mode than they will in actually performance, in actual performance mode. And so this is such an important thing. And a key part of that recovery is the thinking time. It's the reflection time. It's the space they're able to create to really analyze what they've just done uh, and what they've done well, what they've done not so well. So they can actually create some, I guess, some ideas, some strategies, and also some tactics to then implement when it comes back to the doing mode when they get back into the activity zone. So the interesting study that uh, Dr. Adam Fraser is doing is, well, how does this apply not only to I guess, elite athletes, elite performers, but how can this be applied to everyday people as well that are in a you know a stressful environment, that are working a, a demanding job, that are running a business and have a lot of expectations placed upon them and also a lot of responsibility that they have that they need to deliver against certain targets and certain expectations. Well, he said exactly the same thing applies. We need to be able to create time to sit down and actually think, but it starts with being aware of what our thoughts are. And this is the challenge for most people because if you look at what's available to us right now in terms of our uh, information that's at our fingertips, the possible distractions that are within arm's length, uh, whether it be an iPad, an iPhone, a computer, a TV, uh, whatever the case might be, there's always something there in our environment to grab our attention. And that is what organizations and particularly marketers want. They want your attention and they're grappling for that attention. So one of the key things we can, we can think about when it comes to high performance is segmenting our time to the point we allocate time for thinking. Now, that was one key thing that Dr. Adam Fraser was talking about today is just making sure that you've allocated time and this is why a half an hour per week is a minimum is a is a prerequisite for high performance to to actually sit down and do that thinking. But he said the other the other key difference around this is is how do these executives, how do these high performers, how do these elite people in terms of performance actually 
think? Are they fully aware of their thoughts? And also, are they fully aware of their feelings? And he was he was actually sharing some interesting information around this in that, yes, you know what? Some of the best athletes, some of the highest performing entertainers, highest performing business people, um, they also suffer from things like anxiety. They also suffer from things like stress and nervousness. But what's different is they will actually identify the thoughts they have. They'll identify the feelings that they have. They'll be able to put some language around that. But here's the thing. They take action anyway. Despite how they're thinking, despite how they're feeling, they will actually take action anyway because they know that it's through the power of the routines that have developed, that the high-performance habits that have been developed that has come from their thinking, by the way, um, to put those habits in place, they know that they'll be able to deliver to a high level and in most cases get the result that they're anticipating and they're expecting. And she had a really interesting story about a particular person he was working with and she is a, I think she's a, sounded like a bit of a daredevil, but she does uh, acrobatics in high in the air. So there's a lot of danger associated with uh, the, the work that she actually does and the performances she does. But he was having a conversation with her and trying to get inside her mind in terms of what are the thoughts that she has and what are the feelings that she has. And what was intriguing was that she's been able to not only uh, identify the thoughts, and she does, she said that I suffer from nervousness, I suffer from anxiety, I always think about the, the things that could go wrong. But what's interesting is I've given it a name. And she, the way she does this is she says, oh, that's just Kevin talking. So whenever there's a negative thought or a negative feeling comes in, she actually labels that as, thank you, Kevin. That's uh, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something completely different. So this is what the intriguing part is. She's recognizing Kevin. She's been able to label that. She's not dispelling it. So it's not some woo-woo positive thinking sort of stuff. I'm just going to ignore the negative thoughts and do it anyway because we're going to, we're going to get a positive outcome. It's actually being uh, realistic with, you know what, I'm going to have some feelings of trepidation, of some anxiety, but that's not me. That is, that is somebody in my head that is trying to keep me safe because that's what our, our brains are designed to do. They try to keep us safe because we're always in survival mode. They're not necessarily there to enable us or incentivize us to get outside of our comfort zone and do things that potentially are going to put ourselves in danger. And so by being able to give a name to this person and say, well, this is, this is just one thought and this is one person having this thought, but I don't have to buy into this. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm, and you might have heard the term, I'm going to feel the fear, I'm going to do it anyway, because I know that the work I've done and the process I've put in place, the habits that I've developed and the outcome I want to drive towards is going to be good for me and good for the greater good. So I'm going to do this anyway. And so this is, what, this is how she actually manages to stay on top of her game and still be able to perform despite the level of nervousness that she might be feeling. Because a lot of people will say, well, I just want to wait for the time that I feel confident or I just want to f- wait until all the ducks are lined up so I can actually be guaranteed that success will be a, a known outcome of this particular conversation or this particular pitch or this particular uh, activity, whatever the case might be. What Dr. Adam Fraser is saying is, you know what, we're all having thoughts. And some of those thoughts are not necessarily going to be negative thoughts, but you have to label it anyway and say, you know what, that's just Kevin talking, right? I don't have to buy into what Kevin's talking, but what I can do is I can use it as an opportunity to embrace what's in front of me and to perform, not use it as an excuse to not perform or to step back. And when you analyze high performers and elite performers, this is exactly what they do. Even SAS soldiers feel a level of fear. What they've been able to do, though, is been able to control their thinking and use it as our fuel for them to really enhance 
their performance. The other thing that was really interesting about this as well is that um, uh, the work that Carol Dweck has done in, re- in relation to the fixed versus the growth mindset is uh, most most people with a fixed mindset start to think about the things that will go wrong and the things that can't work and often it enables us to play smaller and, and certainly not necessarily be as creative or as innovative or as be a bit as big an action taker as, as possible. And, and logically, it, it stands to reason that people with a growth mindset tend, seem to think or tend to think that it's more uh, there's more opportunities, there's more levels of optimism, there's more possibilities, obstacles just become a stepping stone to our ultimate aim, etc., etc. But he said sometimes that uh, sometimes the thinking can actually enable us to be frozen in fear. And so uh, he said, well, if you've got a fixed mindset, how is it that you can actually get out of a fixed mindset? Well, in order to get out of a fixed mindset, you really have to have a growth mindset. Also, a lot of people will tell you, but he said, what if you, what if you can't see there's any opportunity to get out of this? Well, first of all, you've got to be able to label it. And this, is, this could well be the Kevin uh, conversation you're having with yourself as well. And it's not necessarily looking at, okay, what is the ultimate outcome I'm looking for that will enable me to get out of this mile, get out of this mess? What Adam's saying is sometimes it's just looking at, okay, what is the next step I can take? Now, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this way, what is the next step? And through taking that step, based on the activities that you're actually putting in place and the habits you've developed, taking that next step and then the step after that can start to evolve into a growth mindset. But it starts with being completely aware of your own thinking and therefore the conversations that you're having with yourself. And this is why a lot of organizations now are bringing mindfulness practices into the workplace and certainly a lot of uh, elite performers across multiple different industries and multiple different disciplines are now using mindfulness as a technique to drive high performance because high performance takes high performance habits and high performance in order to get to high performance, you need to overcome obstacles, you need to deal with challenges. In some cases, you need to deal with pretty big setbacks, and this is this is what it's all about. It's high performance. It's not a linear, not a linear curve. It's not a linear line. There will be challenges and obstacles placed in your path, and they're there to test you. And you need to have some perspective on that. So just just deal with it. Deal with what's in front of you, and look at what the opportunity is. But you need to be aware of your thinking. Uh, and one of the key examples, and this is from a personal example. I mean, I'm recording today episode, I think, number 339, I think it is. Uh, if you had have asked me 12 months ago whether I would have got to um, 100 podcasts, let alone 339, I would have told you you were absolutely kidding yourself. Because let's face it, there are some days that I wake up and I'm thinking, what the hell am I going to talk about? Uh, what's the topic I want to talk about? And some days I don't feel like... Uh, jumping into a, tr- a training environment, or running a workshop, or you know, giving a giving a, a high-performing coaching sessions. But but guess what? I'm aware of the thinking now, and I'll do it anyway because I know the conversation I'm having with, with myself and the thinking that I've got. I now know how to label it and to use it as fuel to move forward and to take action. Because it's through the taking of action that will actually start delivering those results. But guys, it all starts with. Your thinking. So here's the thing. Are you aware of your thinking? Be conscious of your thoughts. Don't dispel them. Don't question them. Don't ignore them. Use them. Use them as fuel to drive yourself to even higher levels of performance. Build some even better high-performance habits around those. And you'd be amazed at what actually happens in terms of the results that are going to start to roll in. And also think about the example that you're setting for people around you. Because as we always say, your team are watching your every move. So key message today, guys, is are you aware of your thinking? And if you're not, how about you allocate some time over the weekend to really sit down without any distractions whatsoever and just spend some time thinking, right? And just let thoughts come into your head. 
uh, and acknowledge them. Don't necessarily have to embrace them, but it, certainly it starts with a level of awareness. So do that and uh, you'll start to build some discipline around how you think. And when you're more conscious around what your thinking is, you can now think about, okay, is this thought helping me or is it hindering me? And therefore you can make some conscious choices as to what you do next. So I trust that message helps as we wrap up the week uh, of 17th of September, 2021. And a key reminder, I'd love to work with you one-on-one and help you take your sales leadership to the exceptional level. And by the way, a lot of that has to got has got to do with your thinking. So uh, if you love to work one-on-one, love to work with you as early as next week. So jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on a Zoom call, have a conversation and get to work and help you become that exceptional sales leader in as little as 90 days from now. So I very much look forward to having that conversation. Wish you and your family a phenomenal weekend and look forward to, as always, sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.